Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN Sunday for Sunday, September 18th, 2022. We've got members of the media, academia, financial services, and government standing by as we analyze all the news and events of the week. So sit back, relax, enjoy this episode of BRN Sunday. off the week with a look at what's happening consumer products technology and a lot more even finance joining us on the line he is the managing editor at the street daniel Klein. dan so great to talk to you thanks for popping by the program this morning good morning jeff as soon as we finish this i leave to get in line at the apple store for the new iphone no i'm kidding you do that online now ah they're going to send it to you right i i would assume so i pre-ordered it uh and i know i'm an idiot for doing that it doesn't seem that different but you know who doesn't want the latest and greatest well, you are a tech and consumer products uh, guy, so I guess that's that. Is, that, 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 is how I, that is how I justify it to my wife. Maybe so. you can write it well, off. Sir. All right, Dan. Um, high inflation. Let me just t- tee off a couple, tick off a couple of things. High inflation coming down a little bit, but still high. Grocery prices, food prices, supply chain disruption, consumer sentiment, sentiment by all estimates, not where it should be. All of this. What I, why I'm talking about this is all this kind of leads to participants in retirement plans not being satisfied with the websites and apps that they're using. And this is based on a J.D. Power survey that was just released. We're going to have them on the program in a couple of weeks, I think. But I uh, want to get your reaction to this and, and you know, what does this mean? If people are so dissatisfied with the technology that they're using, is it just – hey, they don't like the technology, they don't like the look, the feel, the sorting, all that kind of stuff? Or is it really just based on, hey, the market's just doing bad, so I am not going to like the technology that's yeah, delivering right. the information? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so it's a mix of both. Uh, so, so, you know, you and I have talked about this before. If there's a bad interface for a streaming network, but it has the show you really love, you're probably still going to really want that streaming network. So, like, you know, Amazon Prime, which I'm told just updated its, its interface, but they I've did. never liked they it. They did. They did. I've, I've never liked their interface, but when they're airing The Boys or Foundation, you know what? I don't care. I just want to watch those shows. And in some ways, with your retirement account, your brokerage account, whatever it is, you get over the sort of wonky interface if your portfolio is up and you're pretty happy with it. Especially, you know, what this survey doesn't take into account is some of these people are using brokerage services that are making recommendations. So, you know, Jeff, I could have the best technology in the world, but if I told you to buy Peloton two years ago and and you're seeing where Peloton is performing now and not feeling great about its future prospects, you're not going to like me, not just because it's hard to find the buy button, but you're going to like me because you're not going to like me because my robo or my human advice, you know, talked about a stock that you now own that, that doesn't have a bright future. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, asking someone, you know, as they leave a restaurant who looks only asking the people who look a little sick, how was your meal? You know, <laughs> it, it a little skewed data point right now. Like to truly do a survey like this, 
you probably also have to have the comparable results when the market was good. The problem is technology is ever moving. So like maybe the, you know, this company's app was, was bad, was great two years ago and they let it fall into disrepair or maybe the opposite happened. So I would take all of these things with a grain of salt. And really when you're picking one of these apps, really you have to figure out what you need. Like I know like with a brokerage, I really want to buy fractional shares. I think that's an important lesson for my son to be able to buy, you know, a little piece of an Amazon share or, or, or you know, more expensive companies like that. Um, so that was a tool I looked for. And the company I use with him, uh, which I'm not going to name, that company is app only after you having a website. It's kind of a pain, but it does the things I need. So it really comes down to features and, you know, be really careful if you're getting advice that's coming from something automated or taking a single data point, even if you have a wonderful, you know, human stockbroker or financial advisor, you really want to do due diligence beyond that. Like, you know, it's like movies. If there's a movie critic you really vibe with, that movie critic's opinion might mean more to you than other things. But in general, you want to look at like a Rotten Tomatoes and see the general consensus. And in some ways you can do the same thing with the stock market. Well, I think, uh, I think you bring up a really good point, which is bias, and I think every there's bias in everything. We all have bias. You have bias. I have bias. It's whether you can temper that bias, and you know, someone had to program the website. Someone has to program the app. If it's making recommendations, it's coming from somewhere. It's not like some some uh, over ever knowing uh, entity that just creates recommendations. But Dan, you know, I've evaluated so many websites in my day as part of my role, previous role as a consultant. And I, this is very similar to the 401k participant statement that goes out every quarter that I'm sure people are not even going to open this uh, this quarter or the last quarter because of what's transpired in the market. And it really is up to your individual taste on what works and what doesn't work. But I can tell you, as someone who's evaluated all these things, they're all very similar. They're They're not really doing anything that is vastly different between each other. They all... They pretty much do the same thing. They have the same functionality. Yeah, and, and look, there are people trying to reinvent the wheel that have done really good jobs. Like, I don't know which things exist, but, but I, I met with uh, the fine folks at Intuit a few years ago, and they showed me some really cool ideas for retirement planning and, you know, some theoretical. And I've seen lots of stuff at trade shows that, like, can put a layer of, like, help and planning and prompts and all of that. But the reality is with all of this, you need to take personal ownership. When you're talking about retirement, you can get someone to try you a, a map and show you, okay, you need to put away this much money for the life you'd like to live, and it needs to appreciate by this much, and you have to adjust based on how years go. Someone could give you that, but someone can't really tell you what stocks to buy. And you know, I'll point out, as much as I'm someone who believes in individual stocks, it's okay to just be like, you know what? Over time, the market goes up. I'm just going to buy a thousand <clears> dollars. <throat> going to buy a NASDAQ index fund, or I really like uh, technology. I really believe in electric vehicles. I'm just going to buy ETFs in, in those spaces. A lot of homework to do on those things, too. There's fees. There, there's other issues. But you really need to do what's comfortable for you, and there are more conservative ways. There are riskier ways. And, and do your reading. So you shouldn't be chasing stocks. You shouldn't be using the hottest new app because it's it, uh, you know, when you buy something, it, it gives you a celebratory emoji. And, and, <laughs> and, and that's a real problem. People gamify, you know, buying stocks. And people generally, the general tone on television about the stock market acts like you should be buying and selling. And the reality is, 
from a tax liability point of view, you should never be selling a stock faster than a year. You know, you, you really, you, you should be following the Warren Buffett advice of get rich slowly. But like get rich slowly isn't fun. It's not exciting to at 22 tell someone, you know what I'm going to be when I'm 65? Rich. Like people want the story where they bought the stock for a thousand, they made 25,000. And those stories happen, but they're not the norm. You know what's really common? Just properly investing in your 401k and putting money away in the market and basically boring and safe things, but for a really long time. And if you do that, it doesn't really matter what platform you, you use. Of course, look for credibility. You don't want a, a platform that might go away and, and your money might go away or be hard to find. You know, that's why it's very risky to invest in unregulated things like cryptocurrency, you know, but for the most part, you're absolutely right, Jeff. These things are very similar and you're just not going to be happy when the market is down. Look, nobody wants to look at their portfolio now. When, when the best stock pickers are advertising that they're beating the market, but they're still down, that's not a great time to be a stock picker or an investor. Yeah, I, I, I think the bottom line here is you can have a great front engine, a great designed website, a great designed app, but if you, you know, if you don't know how to use it, if you don't even have a basic level of education, what what good is it? And and you know, you don't need, as you just pointed out, you don't need to go after the hot thing. I mean, as you were talking, I'm thinking about Robinhood. I'm thinking about GameStop, AMC. We had those conversations last year, Dan, and look where those things are now. Robinhood laying off people, right? And um, you know, people, maybe some made out, just like you said, maybe some people uh, were able to uh, game the market, but others were not. And I think that's really an important key takeaway. Dan, we're going to have to leave it there. Always a pleasure having you stop by, especially on your weekend. Really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of that weekend, and we'll talk to you again very soon, my friend. I appreciate it, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Bye-bye. At Empower, we help you open doors to get you ready for everything that lies ahead. Because your financial wellness is what matters most. Behind every door is an opportunity to save for life's moments. These are your goals, and it's time to help get you there. We've been opening doors for more than 17 million customers across America as they save for the future they want. We are Empower, and we're ready to open some doors for you. Welcome back. Now we're going to talk about what is happening on Capitol Hill in the area of regulation, legislation, litigation. Joining us on the line, you know them as legal eagles, but they're also fondly known as David Levine, Kevin Walsh, both are principals with Groom Law Group. That's an employee benefits law firm based in Washington, D.C. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us on your Sunday morning. Jeff, thank you for having us here. Listeners, thank you, for, as always, for joining us. It's great to be here. And as we head into the fall, we've got some interesting stuff to talk about because, you know, when there's a congressional election coming up, there's always the question, are they going to get together on retirement legislation? I'm sure that's top of everybody's mind. I think so, it should be. I think it should be. You know, uh, thank you, David. And, and Kevin, let's um, – you know, this feels like deja vu. I feel like we've talked about this before. Don't, don't you guys feel that way? I feel like this is a weekly topic in a lot of ways. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's a good thing we're talking about it now because – you know, Congress is now back in session from their summer recess, and we've got a small window of opportunity between now and really when election season starts heating up to potentially see legislation move. Um, but so just a little bit of the landscape is that 
if folks remember, the House passed the Secure Retirement Act, or Secure 2.0. Um, and what it is, is it's a mishmash of provisions that are designed to, you know, increase coverage and also to, you know, provide enhancements for, you know, different things like make uh, MEPs and, and, you know, multiple employee, multiple employer plans, you know, a little bit easier to operate. They're designed to do things like, you know, enhance missing participant searches by, you know, providing a government resource that would be somewhat involved in that. Um, and as you know, we can't pass legislation with just one chamber moving. You've got to have both the House and the Senate Act. And we've been waiting for, you know, the Senate Finance Committee to release some text to show what the Senate's thinking, you know, is its starting position for compromise with the House. And in the last few weeks, the Senate Finance Committee released the text of the Enhancing American Retirement Now Act, which is, you know, the uh, the acronym writers probably stayed up late at night. It's the EARN Act. And it contains a lot of the same things as you'd see in the House bill, which provides some optimism that at a minimum, you know, House Democrats and Senate Democrats could reach agreement among themselves on, you know, how to how to you know pair these bills together. Um, uh, since you know, modifies treatment student loan payments um, and permit withdrawals for you know certain emergency expenses. Um, so I, I think the key thing here is it's going to be exciting to watch as this moves forward. Um, because as we approach the end of the year, there's going to be a couple of must-pass pieces of legislation, including things like, you know, government funding bills, where, you know, you could see legislation getting attached, uh, but whether it does or whether it doesn't um, comes down to how big a priority retirement is uh, for Congress in 2022, or if either side thinks that uh, there's a, a need for bipartisanship or partisanship heading into the 2022 midterm elections. David? Yeah, and Kevin, I think you make some great points, and there's a couple things to add. There's a real chance that nothing will happen before the election because, as we've talked about before, and Kevin does a really great job at this, I admit, uh, the legislative <laughs> calendar, there's, no, there's only so many days that Congress is going to be here because, bluntly, the majority of folks are off running for re-election. So we've got the lame duck period basically after the election before the new Congress is sworn in, where they could come back and pass legislation. We're going to need to fund the government. You know, Kevin's gone into this a little bit. And during that time, the real question that's going to come up is, what's the outcome of the election? Because if the Democrats retain control uh, in the House and the Senate, which would be is projected not to occur, but if they do, the Republicans might have one attitude on being willing to move forward with legislation uh, or if the Republicans are going to pick up control of everything on the other end, which is not projected to happen either. It's projected to be mixed as of right now. But, you know, the landscape changes. The Democrats may have views as to what they want to move on. So the election could directly impact this. We've spent so much time with the listeners over the years saying, oh, it's going to pass in. It's going to pass in. We've learned our lesson. There's a real chance it will pass this year. But every day that passes that it doesn't, just the odds go down. And we have to see where the election winds up. Gentlemen. Uh, yeah, David, my thought is. Go ahead, my Kev. My thought is, David, no, one ever, no one's ever gone bankrupt betting consistently that legislation won't pass. More, more legislation doesn't pass <laughs> than passes. Um, and so while we think that we'll see retirement legislation either this year or in the next few years, um, you know, there's no, there's no lock that something's going to move in any one year. Well said, my friend.
Yeah, I was going to say uh, very articulate, well articulated from you, gentlemen. And and I guess you know it's a wait and see. We just don't know. But you know, I'm hopeful. I think we're all hopeful that since bipartisanship it, around retirement security seems to be unanimous that uh, people can put politics aside and maybe we can get this bill uh, either before the midterms or into the lame duck or hopefully um, sooner rather than later. Gentlemen, we're going to leave it there. Uh, always a pleasure having you gentlemen pop by the program. I'm going to wish you the best for a remainder of your Sunday. We'll have you back next week as well. And t- take care. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Well, that wraps up this episode of BRN Sunday. Have a topic of interest, somebody you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news in lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, entertainment, so much more and all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives? Check out our latest content? Well, visit our website and, of course, our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRN AM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes.